0: When you think about uh, Christmas, one of the first things that people think about is opening gifts. Uh, people sometimes will open gifts on Christmas Eve. Uh, some will wait and do Christmas morning. Some will do a little Christmas Eve, a little Christmas morning. But your time—that's that, a—you know—that's just a personal thing. But I've discovered through living that there are two approaches to opening gifts. And every family has their own approach, but you can pretty well put it into one of two approaches. Growing up in the Wood household, we used the approach that we would term, Savor the Moment. And what savor the moment meant is that when my sister, two years old and I, would we would wake up and, and then we'd kind of wait for our mom and dad to wake up or at least create enough noise where they would wake up and, and then say, oh, let's go, let's go in the living room, go take a look at our, our presents. And then, you know, they'd kind of do their routine. They'd get out of bed. My dad would get out of bed and would shave. What's up with that? Uh, you know, we're wanting to just open packages. And he's over here going to shave gonna, and uh, get things right. Mom's looking nice. Got the robe on. They're ready. And we go into the living room. Once we go in the living room, we got all these presents here that have been wrapped and sitting under the tree. And, uh, and I would sit in this chair and then like my mom would be here and my dad would be there on the sofa and then my sister would be right across from me. And she was always kind of in charge, the one that would hand out the gifts, you know, that type. And, uh, and, and so she's the one to make sure everybody gets their gift like they're supposed to get it. And then my dad's got the big trash bag, uh, to pick up the, uh, the wrapping paper. And then there's another area to be where we save the bows. Okay. Now, um, so when we get there and they divide the gifts up, then they would start, and it would be like Danny, you first. So I would open my present. Everyone's watching, and you open and say, "Hey, all right, good. Hey, GI Joe or something over here. Hey, I say, oh, looks good. All right, all right, okay, Mom." And then Mom would open her gift. And we go around, and then sometimes as we're opening them, we would get the, the signal as to that's a bow to save. Okay, so we save that one. That one you can not. In early days, we save the wrapping paper. How many of y'all save wrapping paper? You raise that? Oh, we say yes. It's most of us older ones. Uh, to where they would, you'd fold it up really nice and save it. And it was so much fun because three years in a row, I'd say, hey, I've seen this wrapping paper before over there. And so sometimes you save wrapping paper. Sometimes you save the bows. And, uh, but then if you didn't need it, it'd get to the trash sack, which dad had over there. He'd just pitch it over to him. He'd, he'd keep cleaning up the trash. And we went all around. This could take 45 minutes. I mean, it was open a gift, savor the moment rejoice oh it looks cute oh I like that oh that's good think it'll fit I think so oh it's fine and who gave that? oh show to. Oh, that's nice we talk about it then we come to the next person and so this is how we did we savored the moment that's all I knew that's what I grew up with I thought everybody savored the moment until I got married and then I went to the Culberson family and the very first Christmas that we ever circled around and saw both families, uh, for theirs, I believe it was in evening time where we drove in and they saved the opening of their gifts till we got there. And, and so there's uh, Janice's mom and her dad, and I believe Donna was there and Carrie and, and Stephanie, and, and, and there's Janice and myself. And, and when we sit down, we're in a living room and everybody's kind of got their presents and they're going, okay, let's open our gifts. Well, I'm taking mine and I'm being thinking it's my turn. I'm going real slow. I don't know if we want to save the bow. I'm not sure about the paper. The rest of the family, it was a feeding frenzy. They're ripping stuff open. They're opening up. Look at this. This is great. Look at that. Look at that. I'm over here kind of parsing the paper over there and I'm opening it up and I'm pulling out whatever it is. No one's looking at me. <laughs> Not a soul's looking at me. They are digging into their stuff and talking to each other. This is great. This is what I wanted. Oh, this is great. And then all of a sudden they're fishing. Okay, let's go get something to eat. Hey, I've only opened up one gift. This thing took like, what, a minute and a half? We're done. We're off to get something to eat. So you got two options. Savor the moment. Forget the moment and rip up into the packages. Okay. This is time of honesty. How many of you here, if anyone, is a savor the moment type person? Raise your hand. Whoa, look at this. I feel justified, Janice. All right. (laughs) How many of you forget the moment, rip into the packages? Raise your hands. Well, look at this over here. I wish we had more time. I would do a psychological study of the different folks. Well, I I cannot tell you, my Christmas is made. I didn't know there was that many people that savor the moment, let's close in prayer and go home. This is incredible. (laughs) This is a great Christmas gift. Okay. So there are two different ways of doing that. And and you know, both ways work and families love it and everybody's uh, happy with it. And so you look at your gifts and then you've got to determine there are different kinds of gifts. Now everybody in a Christmas, they get a great gift. Now, that is the one gift that stands out from all the others. I mean, just, you know, when you think about your Christmas, you think about last Christmas, you will always go back to that one great gift. All of them were good, but there was that one great gift. Now, this is like an audience response thing where I'm going to ask for somebody, uh, some different people to give me, like this Christmas, what would you say was your great gift? Let me give you a couple of um, uh, things to think about. Number one, don't make it spiritual. All right, you're, you're stealing my thunder. That's later on in the message, all right? Number two, because you will say something that's material does not mean you're materialistic. Uh, this is fine. Pretend like you're not even in church, okay? Well, maybe you need to remember some of those gifts you got, may, you may not want to share. But, um, but just tell me, it's like a great gift. Like when you think of a great gift that, uh, that happened this year, I want you to, in this section here, you got a lot of folks over here, anybody here that's got a great gift, Okay, none here. All right. So, all right, anybody? Did anybody give? Great, yes. Diamond earrings. earrings, Yes, that's a great gift. And you'll always remember that. Husband of the year, thank you so much. And uh, so you'll always remember that. Okay, diamond earrings. How about this group? Anybody here get a great gift? Get a great gift. Fake earrings. Yes, all right, good. That's a great gift over here. You want to meet them. All right, did somebody raise their hand back there? Yes. You brought it with you. It's a pet alligator. Great. No, what'd you get? He got a she got. A, he got a phone. All right. So he got a phone. That is a great gift. Okay. This group right here. Uh, a 3DS. a 3DS. Yeah. Nintendo 3DS. Nintendo 3DS. 3DS Nintendo. Okay. That's really a great gift. How about over here? Okay, you got a drone. <laughs> it's not in here, is it? All right. <laughs> he got a drone over here. That's a great gift. Section over here. Anybody? Anybody get a great gift? He's such a deprived section over here. Yes. i got a CD of my grandchildren singing. A CD of grandchildren singing. That's a sweet one. You had your hand. You came all the way from Los Angeles. Yes. i got a puppy. A puppy. Are you serious? What kind of dog? A German Shepherd. A German Shepherd. Good. Do you know how many people they bite a year? No, that's no, okay. No. <laughs> German Shepherd. A puppy. That's good. Okay. i got to move to this section. Somebody tell me what you got. Oh, I got to run over here. You, you got a Barbie house. Oh, oh, a Barbie house. My daughter had a Barbie house and we played with that for years upon years. That is great. Now, these are what's called great gifts, okay? And so everybody think about that. You got a great gift. Second is there are creative gifts. The creative gifts are the things that you um, really didn't know that you needed, but then when you got it, you said, "Wow." I would have never thought about that. That's really cool. It's a creative gift. Took time, took thought, and it was something that you never really thought about. Then there are the necessary gifts. Socks and underwear, all right? It's necessary, you get them. There's nothing great about them, but they are necessary. Number four, the mystery gift. It's when you open that gift up and you pull it out, you have no idea what it is. You don't know if you're supposed to wear it or hang it on a shelf. And no one else in the family knows. It's just that mystery gift. And then, every Christmas, there's the bad gift. It's like the worst gift ever. Either it was ugly, didn't come close to fitting, didn't think it was going to work, it was your worst gift. In planning this sermon, I had planned all through a week that I was going to ask you just to shout out your worst gift. And then last night, it hit me through the Holy Spirit, (laughs) that we are live streaming this service. (laughs) And that this will also be online. And all I could think of was someone would raise their hand and say some horrible gift. And guess what? The person that gave it to them would be watching online saying, I gave them that gift. So I want you to picture the worst gift in your mind. We're going to come back to that a little bit later. All right. Now, listen, gifts are a part of Christmas. And the reason is, is because Christmas is built around the gift. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says this. He says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. A son will be given. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only son. That was a gift. That whoever believes in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. It was a gift that was given. In Second Corinthians chapter 9, Paul writes to the church and he's taking up an offering of all things. And as he's in the midst of taking up this offering, he's saying there's a great need for people in Jerusalem. They're going through difficult times and we're asking you, the different churches, to gather this offering to help them out. And in the midst of that, he says, we should give because of the gift that has been given to us. And he closes out that chapter in chapter nine, verse 15, and he says that thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And we talked about this at Thanksgiving, that word indescribable is a word that you don't find anywhere else in the Greek language. It's a word that was coined by Paul himself. It, it was, it's, it's just like you can't say it in words. It's beyond words. It is totally indescribable. It is so good that I can't even figure out how to best express it. All I can say is it's an indescribable gift. And that's what Christmas is. It is the gift. And you see, the present of Christmas is God's presence. And so when you really think about what Christmas is, it is that the presence of God Emmanuel, God with us, came to be with us, to walk with us, to live, to put on human skin. The present of Christmas is God's presence. And so for God's Christmas gift to us is one that is to give us a more fulfilling life. That when we receive this gift, we begin to understand our purpose for life and how to live obediently to what he says. By getting this gift, Jesus says, I'll give you abundant life. I'll give you eternal life. I'll give you resources to face the joys and difficulties of life. I'll give direction for your life. I'll give hope for your heart, and I'll give peace for your soul. Just think about that. Hope for your heart, peace for your soul, direction, guidance, and all the things God has has laid before you, and eternal life. How do you describe that? It's indescribable. That's what the gift is. The present of Christmas is God's presence. And so Jesus has come. He is our Christmas gift. But then how do we respond to that? Vance Havner, who was an evangelist back in the mid-1900s, that sounds really old, but uh, he came and preached at this church, and I heard him when I was a member here, and uh, just an amazing evangelist. And this was his statement. He says, Christmas is based on an exchange of gifts, the gift of God to man, his unspeakable gift of his son, and the gift of man to God when we present our bodies a living sacrifice. I just look at that for a moment, kind of chew on that one. It's an exchange of gifts. And what God does, he says, I'm going to give you my son, I'm going to give you eternal life. And then in response, since it's an exchange, what I'm asking you to do is to give your life to me a transformed life. And let's have this exchange. That's what Christmas is. It's not just a one way, oh, God gave us Jesus. No, what God is saying, I've given you my son Jesus. What I would like is to do an exchange and you to give your life to me. And if we become children of God, we owe a gift back to God. And the gift that we give to God is the opportunity for God to display his honor, his glory, his love through us to others, for us to live a life that is so in lockstep with his word that we give glory and honor to him. It just comes through our life. We take the presence of God and we share it with other people. Wow. That's what Christmas is, the exchange of those gifts. And so the real gift that we need to give each other is the presence of Jesus within us. We should be offering to one another our commitment to be a more loving spouse, to be a more considerate parent, to be a more obedient child, to be a more loving brother or sister, a more helpful family member, and a person more willing to let Jesus live in them. Jesus is the greatest gift. Open it up and then give your life back to God. That's all the great stuff. But you realize that every Christmas, there's usually a bad gift we get and there's a missing gift. I'm just going to ask you, I'm not saying this Christmas. Have you ever had a Christmas where you missed on a gift? Something you asked for, something you really wanted, but you didn't get it. Just raise your hands. Anybody ever had that happen? So, so what we're telling right now is that over half this congregation has gotten everything they've ever asked for from the beginning of the moment they came out of their mother's womb. Let's ask that one more time on Christmas when we're in church and when we have God looking at us and the Holy Spirit is surrounding us. Have you ever missed a gift that you asked for and yet you didn't get it? Just raise your hand. Praise the Lord, there's a revival that has happened over here. Yes, we've all had that. There's always been that one thing. And we didn't get it. And sometimes it kind of gets us mad. That's crazy. That's human nature. And we got that gift that we didn't weren't real crazy about, and we got the one that we missed, and so what do you do about that? Well, I love Andy Andrews, and I love his books. And he wrote a book many of you have read, and it's Socks for Christmas. And it's just a little short book. Probably takes you about 10 minutes to read. And it's a true story. It's what he experienced uh, as a 7-year-old boy. And um, in this story, it's, he recounts a Christmas time and through the eyes of a 7-year-old boy. And it's priceless. And he's war- he's excited about the things he's going to get for Christmas. He runs in there under the Christmas tree on that Christmas morning. And as they're opening gifts. He's picking up this one. He loves that, loves that. But I'm looking for that BB gun. And he's keeping it looking around, and, and there's no BB gun. I'm looking for that electric football game. And, and then when it's all said and done, they've opened up every gift. He got some good stuff, but he didn't get a BB gun. He didn't get an electric football game. That electric football game is good stuff, isn't it, Rick? No, you don't get much better than that. But he didn't get it. Didn't get the gun, didn't get the the football game. He said, but then there comes that time after you've eaten breakfast that you go to the neighbor's houses and compare loot. And he said, "Um, you know, I was excited to tell him about all my gifts except that one gift from Aunt Ruth, and it was when she gave me socks. Who likes to open up a present as a 7-year-old boy and get socks? He said, golly, just kind of chapped me. That was the worst gift I got. So I had two missing gifts and one worse gift. So he'd go over to some guy's house. And he says, hey, show me what you got. And sure enough, he goes to that guy's house. He got the BB gun. And, you know, he's a little, little upset about that, but they had fun. They played. Then he'd go to another house and saw what he got. And he'd tell everybody what he got. And then he went to, to the rich kid's house. And guess what he got? The electric football game and a BB gun. He got everything. And so as he's finished all that tour, he's going to head back home, get ready to eat lunch. And as he's walking home, he sees some neighbor's kids. They're kind of standoffish kids. And uh, when he saw them, uh, he saw them throwing a ball back and forth. And there's something odd that he noticed. And that was that they had some like uh, black patent leather shoes, these dark, dark shoes. Because every time he'd seen them, all they wore was tennis shoes. And uh, he saw them out there throwing a ball. So he comes up to them and says, hey, what did you guys get for Christmas? And they said, and we got these shoes. We got these shoes. And uh, he was looking at it. And he said, You're not wearing those shoes right. And they turned around and they looked at Andy and they said, What do you mean we're wearing our shoes just like you're wearing your shoes? He says, No, you don't have any socks on. You have to wear socks with those shoes. It was probably about a five to 10 count, and all of a sudden tears began to well up in their eyes and they turned and they ran home. Took Andy by surprise. So he goes home, he walks in the house, sits down with his dad. And he says, dad, he says, let me recount exactly what, I ju- what just happened. And when he recounted what happened, his dad took him into another room. And he says, you need to understand this family. Because this family has gone through some really hard times. It's been very difficult. And their father has had to make sacrifices just to put food on the table. And so for this Christmas, their father could not give them socks because he had to be able to put food on their table. And Andy said that that moment of that Christmas changed his life. He said because all of a sudden he looked back at Aunt Ruth's gifts of socks and realized how thankful he was of the blessings that he had. And he said, it completely changed my perspective to where now I'm thankful for the blessings I have, but it also opened my eyes to there are other people that are in need and that I need to invest my time and give some of my heart to them. It was all because of the socks. You know, there was a gift that was missed, the BB gun, the electric football set. It was the gift that he thought was the worst gift, which was socks. And all of a sudden it turned out, I'm not worrying about the gifts that I missed. And when I'm looking at those socks, I realize it's a blessing. So as we have this Christmas day, I want you to put your focus, just two, two thoughts. One of the thought is, think about your greatest gift whether it be the diamond earrings or the telephone or a Barbie house or a puppy that bites or anything else that we've got over there you know that that you've chosen, when you look at that and you say, man, that's my greatest gift, I want you to think about God's greatest gift of his son. And whenever you think about that, think this is God's greatest gift, it was his son that was given to me, and then what have I given back to him? And let there be an exchange of your life as I want to give my life to him. I also want you to think about the gift that you missed. Or out of all the gifts that you got, the one that you complained about and said, oh, that's the worst gift I ever got. If you think about the one you missed or the worst gift you ever get, let it be a reminder for you to be thankful for the blessings that you have and a commitment to actively help those who are less favorable and to put your time and effort into ministering to them. May this be a great Christmas. May you enjoy the gifts that you have, but may we all enjoy the greatest gift of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. Father, we are so thankful for this day and for all that it represents. It is when we celebrate you stepping out of heaven onto earth, putting on flesh, living a life for 33 years to show us who God is, being tempted in all ways like we were, yet without sin, and then going to a cross Dying for our sins voluntarily and then being raised from the dead three days later, conquering sin and conquering death and then ascending to heaven and with your son there sitting at the right hand of the father, knowing that one day he will be coming back. And because of all of that, Lord, we are thankful. We are so thankful. And we pray that at this Christmas time, there will be an exchange of gifts, that every person here will recognize the gift that has been given them in Jesus and then In return, each one of us will give our lives to you to be transformed believers sent out to influence our world for Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.